Hey everyone, this is Dave Dubow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in, we've got a fine young entrepreneur, Cody Yeh. How are you doing today, Cody? I'm doing fine. How are you doing, Dave? I'm saying yay. That's what we got on your hat all over, all over the place there, man. That's awesome. So, <laughs> there's is, two more uh, at the back here. He is a real estate entrepreneur. He's also a, a stocks and options guy too. So we're going to be talking today a little bit about how he combines the best of both worlds to create wealth for himself. So Cody, good to have you on the call. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to chat about stocks, about real estate investing and anything personal finance. Really. Yeah. Sounds good. So first of all, you came from Taiwan. You, you moved to Canada when I believe you're 18 years old. So you're yes. first generation. You live in Toronto now, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Oh, Originally landed in Vancouver, two years there, applied to U of T, went to school. Yeah. And you got a degree as an engineer. So you're a smart guy yeah. too. Well, I wouldn't say smart. I'm just uh, don't like reports. Uh, somewhat good at math. <laughs> Well, for, for those of us that are mathematically challenged, that qualifies as being a smart guy. So that's that's very cool. So you got one of those corporate jobs. You did that for a while. And then you said, this sucks. I want to do something else. Tell, tell me, walk me through that process for yourself. Because you're a young guy. It's not like you, yeah. you put 20 years in and then finally figured it out. What did that, how did that all come around for you? Yeah. And you know, I, I never share this on any other podcast, but the truth is, I talked to the higher management at the company I worked for, and it was actually part of their plan to let us young people and then pay us overtime. And I was doing a lot of overtime from 2013 to 2019 and thinking that I can save up and get ahead in this finance game, right? But I pay a lot of tax. But the, the thing is, the management were trying to <laughs> let us work really hard, pay us a lot of overtime, but once you get to a certain level, they stop paying you overtime where they pay the one time. So by that time, you probably they hope that you already have a family, have some kids. So you really, you're kind of stuck. You have too much liability to move, right? But I kind of realized that and I was chatting with the upper management. They're, they're kind of smiling. I said, yeah, that was our part of it, right? The game. And I'm like, I never, you know, I think that's part of the game, but I realized that, hey, if that's what we're doing, but, you know, as I move up the management rule, then, the more hours I work, the more stress I have. It's not the other way around. So hmm. I'm like, wow, this is not what I'm, I was looking for. And plus, for people in my generation, right, the, the entire pension system, well, first of all, should we trust pension system? That's one, one topic. Next problem is, you know, can I, <laughs> should I keep doing this, right? So um, I kind of make a decision and say, you know, I've been doing a lot of things on the side, I should probably look for uh, different things and start just working 30 years and really the pension is different for us, right? It's not like so what, work for 30 years. That? What's smart? I mean, I, I get it. You know, you, you figured out that the game was rigged against you in the corporate yes. world. So what sparked that, that initial search for something different? What was like your first aha revelation that there was something outside of the corporate world? Yeah. To be honest, both my parents are not entrepreneurs, so no one really taught me this. But when I go out to a lot of real estate investing events and I see people who might be around my age or older, and they seem to be living a different life, right? And they, they might not start from there, but they work hard to get there. But it's not because their income is bigger. It's because of other investment like real estate or stocks or you know, just different vehicle, right? Active business, small business they're running and eventually they can fire themselves or not fire themselves, you know, hire yeah. people and leverage, 
right? Yeah. So that's how I see the three pillar that people are getting to where they are, but not just by working your way up in the corporate, right? So um, that's kind of my aha moment. And uh, I, I just don't see myself doing that. And I just, you know, the definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing and expect different results, right? So I realized that, I keep hearing that, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do something different, right? So what was your first, what was your first stab at it when it comes to doing something different than, you know, trading hours for dollars? Well, I, I started playing with stocks in 2011 when I was in school, second year. And 2016 to 2018, I was trading, I was day trading in the Asian market because of a 12 hour difference. So I can actually have a second job really. And uh, when I'm not doing day trading, I'm actually attending a lot of real estate seminars. That's when I say, okay, I need to save up more for my down payment, right? And that's when, you know, I didn't save up enough. I just put in 50K in my, in, in my mom's investment in Toronto. Now it turns out to be genius, but at that time I just said, I don't want to use my first time home buyer. I don't have enough money for a down payment for a half a million house. So here, mom, I want 50% of that. And she said, fine. Right. And after that, I keep saving by my, my single family home and two more duplex after that. And that just keep accumulating. Right. And then we all know what happened for the past few months when this video comes out might be even higher, but just all the property kept going up in Ontario in the GTA area. Right. So. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, it's, a, it's a definitely a good run. That's for sure. So that's awesome. All right. So you've got experience in both real estate and stocks. Tell me, in your opinion, what are the pros and cons to both of those? Because you do both, right? And yes, I, I do both. Yeah. So, so tell me from your your standpoint, because I'm a real estate guy. Yes. And you know, I tend to bash stocks and and bonds yes. and mutual funds and all that kind of stuff. Definitely. Definitely. But that's because I'm not knee deep in it, you know, like you are, and I haven't invested yeah. all the time and and gotten good at it. So, yes. From your standpoint, what are the big benefits of real estate? big benefits of stocks and how do they fit together? Awesome, great question. The benefit of stock and option is you have better liquidity, okay? In the seller's market, yes, <laughs> you can sell your house fast, but usually in stocks or option, you can have a click away, then you can get your money back. You might be a good thing, might be- Super fast. Might be a good thing, might be a bad thing, mm. right? So that's one thing, that's a major difference. Now in real estate, it's inherently leveraged three to five times, right? Because you put down 20%, sometimes 5% to 35%, depending on if it's first time home buyer or commercial, right? So you inherently leverage three to 5%. So because of that inherently leverage, the appreciation is magnified by three to 5%. So if you have the cash flow, three to if five you have times. someone paying down your mortgage, the yeah. appreciation is a lot more. Right. right. So it's good to build wealth like that in the long term, assuming if if the price stays the same, it will go up. Right. Now, on the other side, stock and options where I generate the cash flow, because especially in GTA area, it's hard to find a house right now without a bidding war. Not to mention, you know, if you want to buy something and have a positive cash flow, good luck. You probably drive one hour, one and a half hour if you want to find out MLS. If you find off market from a wholesaler, like I do wholesaling as well, you better make sure you do your own homework because don't trust everyone, right? Do your own comps and all that. But it's very tough unless you put in some money to add value to the property, then maybe you have a chance, right? Turn into a legal duplex, 
legal duplex to triplex or something that adds value or buy a really rundown house, right? right? But if you don't do that, it's hard to find that cash flow. And that's where the stock and option comes in. You know, on top of your full-time job or your full-time business running, you can use stock and options to generate the cash flow to fund to buy more real estate. So when you buy more real estate, as real estate goes up, you refinance out and put it in the trading account, generate more cash flow. So now, instead of just having a choice of doing joint venture, raise capital, you could potentially, instead of buying one house, one property per year, now you might be able to buy two or three because you have another source of income, right? To generate that extra, it's not just sitting in the bank or sitting in a mutual fund. Yes, it's not earning a lot. You have another vehicle that generates a lot more cash flow then you can, you know, whether that's, you know, reduce the hour you work to give you that lifestyle or, you know, increase your lifestyle or just save more, save faster, better return, and then put it into real estate. To me, that's a good circle, right? Active business, stock option, real estate investing. To me, that's the full circle of it. All right. Sounds good. So in theory, this sounds very, very good. However, we've all heard of situations where people have lost their shirts in the, yes. in the stock market and, yes. and, for, and and with options definitely that's even a, yes. a riskier Correct. strategy when it comes to investing now people have yes. lost their shirts in real estate too you know mm -hmm. you guys in the in the go 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 of ontario right now don't remember when the markets have crashed <laughs> but they have all right yes. you might again you never know yeah <laughs> so so i mean in theory it sounds good but what what are True. some some ways that people can minimize, and obviously you can't teach all of this in a quick call, but are there ways to minimize your risk when it yes. comes to doing this? Kind of Very good question, Dave. I love it. I, I love people from different perspective, right? Real estate special. Here's the thing. When in real estate, you do your fundamental analysis. For example, you first pick which market you want to invest in. You do all your research on population growth, your GDP, diversify, hopefully diversify industry. And, you know, that's really the big three. And interest rate, yes, you want it to stay lower, but you do your sensitivity testing. Let's say have increased by 3%. Can you still have a positive cash flow, right? So you do those things. Now in the stocks and option, you do the same thing. You do fundamental analysis. Yes, you generate cash flow, but the underlying stocks of that company is the stocks you believe that will thrive in 10, 20 years. That's the same thing in real estate. The reason why I invest in GTA is because I believe it will thrive in 10 to 20 years. So same idea I have in stocks. I'm not trying to get a quick one. When people blow up their account, it's because they get greedy. Hmm. It's because they think this money is easy when the market goes up. So they think they're genius. So they over leverage, then they can blow up their account. But if you stick to a good fundamental and you understand, hey, don't overstretch yourself, right? Don't overstretch yourself. I just said in real estate. A lot of developers went bankrupt. Why? Because they stretch themselves too thin. They're highly leveraged. They get too greedy or they want to get too many land and wait for it. But if there's a market downturn, they don't have cash flow coming in. They're forced to sell at the worst price. And this could happen in stocks as well. Let's say I only have $100,000. I borrow another 200K. Now, if market turned down a 20% that we just seen in the last two weeks, hey, then someone will knock on the door and it's not just like banks. Banks might give you some time, right? No, in stock market, this is real. Mm -hmm. They will, right now, before they, you know, you probably heard about the margin call, right? If you don't have enough money, someone will call you and say, sir, please put in this amount of money by this time before the market end today. But now they don't do that. 
if you don't meet that requirement, someone will come in or artificial intelligence will come in and end your position at the worst time possible, sure. right? And that's why this is getting a very bad reputation is because a lot of people treat this as a casino, as somewhere they can make quick money, but they don't have the mentality, the right mentality to say, we want to hold the stock long-term. If it have a short-term pullback, it's just like real estate. If it pull back in 2017, it's fine. I'm still cash flow positive. People are still paying down my mortgage and then the long-term is rising, right? But a lot of people don't have that. When, when the market come down, their fear comes in and they sell at the worst, worst price. When the market go back up, they go, ah, I missed out. Okay, now it's higher entry point than when they sold it. So now they're buying more. Right, and now it pull back like, oh man, okay, I missed it. Okay, now I sell at a loss, right? So they keep getting into that game. Yeah. And that's where I say it could be good or it could be bad because it's one click away, but you need to have the right mentality to do that, to win long-term, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So Cody, when you're talking about stocks, you're talking about options. I think most people understand what investing in stocks is all about, but can you give us a brief definition or description of what options are? Yeah, options is basically how you can use less money to control the underlying stocks. For example, if you only have, let's say, it's, it's almost like real estate, right? You use one fifth of the price of the house and you're controlling the house, kind of in that way. Kind of like a down payment kind of thing. Yes, but the, you know, there, there's quite com complex if you really want to get into it. But the strategy I like to use is where I put the analogy where I buy off-market deal, where you will walk up to your neighbor. You already buy the house across the street. You walk up to your neighbor. Your neighbor is afraid his house price might go down by 20% because CMHC keep calling that since 2020, mm -hmm. right? But you did your homework. You did your fundamental analysis. You know, you want to own that property. It's still cash flow positive. If something happened, you can hold it long-term. Good. Now your neighbor is afraid his house price might go down 20%. So you walk up to him and say, hey, neighbor, I will... You know, I will, we will sign an insurance. I'll sell you an insurance. If your house price goes down by 20%, I will buy your house at, you know, let's say 20%. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. Okay, I'll buy it. So you don't have to worry about if it tank more. But in return, because I sell you that insurance, you pay me $10,000. Now, next year come by, right? If the house price stays the same, we'll only drop 19%. You know, we asked three appraisers to come in. If it only dropped no more than 20%, guess what? You keep that $10,000 and then, you know, you can keep selling that insurance to your neighbor. Now, if it dropped more than 20%, you're already prepared for it because as you know, it's cash flow positive. It's a place you want to buy anyway. You know, long-term is good. So you buy at a discount 20% and you keep that $10,000 they pay you. So- Oh, sorry. I was talking about options when it comes to stocks, not real estate. No, I, I was using that uh, analogy because you can actually- because you, you can, can do the same thing with real estate. You can, you can get an option on a property. Same yeah. idea, right? That's so you can do this in stock option. Mm -hmm. And then there are hundreds and thousands of contracts on highly traded stocks, for example. Not, not giving out stock advice, but mm -hmm. let's say all the fame group, right? Facebook, Apple, not stock advice or anything, but all those big companies. There are thousands of people waiting right now for you to do that. They will pay you money when you sell them interest. And this is a or, or you can buy you you can buy an option on somebody else's stock portfolio. Yes. So, so basically, they're betting on you're betting on the value going up, and you've locked in a price that you both have agreed on, and they're hedging that it might go down, and they can sell it to you 
you have to buy it at a higher price. Is that yeah, right? so basically this strategy is where someone on the other side want the market to go down or afraid the market will go down. So they pay you a money for that insurance. Now you're like, hey, I have a buffer of 20%. So if it goes down by 20%, I'm happy to buy that. Whether that's a property or that's a stock, I'm happy to buy that at a discount, but you need to pay me that. Mm -hmm. So you're just here waiting. So if the stock goes up, you make money, stock stays the same, you keep the premium, stock goes down, you know, not, you know, not over 20%, you don't have to buy the house, right? Right. If it goes below that, you just buy the house, the house you want now is at a discount, exactly. right? So you can exercise your option. They can exercise and force you to buy it. And you just right. say, oh, now I get the stock I want at a discount. Great. I keep all the premium they pay for this insurance, I keep it all. So I further reduce my cost of ownership, right? So cool. in a nutshell, that's kind of yeah, like the strategy for it. So Cody, it's, it's obviously a heck of a lot more involved. I think you've got some, some education. There's some ways for people to find out a little bit more about this. If people want to find out more about Cody Yay and how you're combining real estate and stocks and options, what should they do? Oh yeah, I, I run a free webinar once every two weeks. And uh, it's at www.codya slash free dash webinar, I think. You can put it in the, <laughs> in the show so notes. Go I'm to codya.com and then you can find the free webinar section. Yes, sure. and they can sign up there. Yeah, and then I- We're gonna put the links in here with the show notes as well, you guys. <laughs> yes, I'm not sure if I cite it right, but- That's all right, yeah. that's all right. All right, Cody, well, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for your insights. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, my pleasure. All right, everybody take care. And we will see you on the next episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Bye-bye. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.